It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Oh, yeah, we're hitting back. CJ, the painkiller. Kevin, Kevin Jackson. Jackson. But we need to start acting like a big boy football. It's time for the jet tax to die. You're listening to Weapons Hot on Sports War Radio and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Darnold fires one into the end zone. It is caught. That's a jet touchdown. And now here is your host, CJ, the painkiller, DeSimone, and Kevin Jackson. What's going on, Jets Nation? Welcome to another edition of Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast here on the Worldwide Sports Network, on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, Sports War Radio, Snowman Digital Media, and quite frankly, any place where you could get your New York Jets fix. And ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let me introduce my all-star panel here tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for host number one. Mr. Kevin Jackson! Look, you don't even know I'm telling you when this music comes on every time I hear it. Yeah, man. Look, weapons hot, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, weapons hot. We're ready to get it in. Uh, great news this week. Wonderful, phenomenal news this week. Um, I'm really excited about our guests. We've got a lot to discuss. Man, look. I, I can't tell you how excited I am really uh, for, for one of the first times in the past, uh, how many seasons we actually have a situation now where we actually uh, maybe have some confidence in our GM and our head coach at the very same time. Wow. Weapons hot. Let's get it. All right. right. And now time to introduce our second host, ladies and gentlemen. Put your hands together for Jimmy the Reaper Jardine! Woo! That's right, ladies and gentlemen. All we are is entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I Jimmy, what's going on, brother? <laughs> I am in such a great mood tonight, man. It's been a, it's been a great week. We've we've just been getting one piece of good news after another, after another, after another, and it's just going to keep rolling all off season, man. I can't wait. I'm super excited for our guest tonight too. So let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, I'm done talking, man. Let's get, let's introduce our guy. Let's introduce our guy. Absolutely, and ladies and gentlemen. I would like to introduce our very special guest, and I've got some music keyed up for him because we cannot forget about him. Ladies and gentlemen, from the Play Like a Jet podcast, here is your host, Mr. Scott Mason. <laughs> what an intro, CJ. <laughs> What's going on, fellas? What is going on, Mr. Mason? Just glad to be here. You know I love you guys. Always fun to chop it up with you and talk a little Jets. I see Kev right there just rocking out that cool shirt, relaxing with a drink in his hand, and he's ready to go. I mean, you know he's fired up. Look, I'm, I'm so thankful that Scott's here because, uh, you know, we, we – 
CJ really does a good job of bringing in guys. And uh, every now and again, I might I might ask uh, for something special. And uh, Scott, I mean, if, if if all of the the guys and, and the ladies that follow the show and, and they're you know they watch us, um, play like a jet is is one of my favorite uh, jet outlets for various information. I mean, some of the some of the uh, the, the the player uh, series shows and some of the old time players and you know just conversations with with jets that I grew up watching. Um, Scott has a quality product, man. Scott Scott does a great job. I know he's he's got a few different you know, podcast where he has a few different guys on. So um, as, as a weapons hot fan, uh, play like, play like a jet is most definitely a spot that you need to kind of, you need to kind of follow and make sure that you're, you're staying alive with them. Cause um, Scott does a wonderful job with that. And I'm so thankful that he came on tonight um, because this is really one of the most exciting times I think in, in recent jets history. And because I know that Scott has the, uh, you know, the, 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 the understanding of how important history is for the Jets. Uh, you can tell that by by the great work that they do with it. Um, it, it it's really a phenomenal opportunity to have him on and chop it up with us. So uh, I, I want to go ahead and move. I know, I know we got a few segments that we want to get in tonight. Scott, thanks again for coming on. Um, I don't know, CJ, man. Kev, what, a, what an intro, man. I, I don't know if uh, I sent you that Venmo yet, but if I <laughs> didn't get to it, Remind me, there's a hundred bucks in it for you, brother. <laughs> See, now here's what I want you to do. Okay, you got to get the audio file for this show when we post it. You need to cut that little snippet out, and you need to like use that as like your your intro for play like a jet. Let me tell you, I'm sure you can find a way to fit it in there. Uh, you You're know, play Mr. that for family members. They're gonna be like, "Who's this guy? He's yeah. talking about." Right, right. <laughs> All right, so as as we get started, um, um, yeah, not much going on with the Jets this uh, this week, huh? I mean, pretty quiet on the front. You guys think? <laughs> nope, not at all. Cut the as show. A matter we're of back. Okay, we're hey, we had a great week, right? Good night, everybody. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Um, guys, Robert Salah. I mean, really, do I need to say more right now? Um, oh, oh, excuse me, uh, Mike Mike Lafleur. Can I just can I just throw that in? Um, this is this is again, and, and I just alluded to this earlier on. But um, how many times have we really had a, a a head coach and a GM, you know, kind of situation where we really felt so confident in both of the guys? You know what I mean? Like, um, I think maybe the last time was what when we had Tanny and Rex, and and that was, you know. 10, 11 years ago when, when those guys were here that we kind of felt like we had guys in a position that could get it done. Um, I know, and, and I'll just say this specific because this was, you know, kind of my take on it, but when they announced Salah's name as, as being the front runner specifically, I was like, yeah, where did this guy come from? You know, he wasn't even, a, you know, in, in the top five or top six of who it is that we were expecting for them to bring in. But, uh, you know, after the interview, you start hearing over the news and uh, it's, you know, this guy has wowed everyone. So I'm um, just going back and digging in, into what it is that he's bringing and, and what his history is. And, and you know, the, the, the ringing endorsements that he's getting from so many people. Man, I don't know. And then, and then, you know, considering also that I think that our defense is in a much better position to be good before the offense is right now. Saying that having a defensive minded guy who actually is smart enough to build a staff around him that can actually, you know, bolster the rest of the team. Um, I think having a great defense uh, right out the gate is probably the best scenario for us while we work out the kinks on the offense. So, um, I mean, I said that earlier, but uh, I mean, 
what do you guys think? I mean, does anybody have any specific? Uh, Scott, I want to jump with you first, and then uh, Jim, if you want to follow up, please. So with Robert Sella, it's interesting because, as you know, Kev, every time the Jets do these coaching searches, which tends to happen far more often than we would like, I dive in deep on these guys, and I talk to numerous people. I do all kinds of research. And I have a lot of sleepless nights because it takes a lot of time to really go through all this stuff. So when I looked at the nine guys that they were bringing in for an interview, and I'm not counting guys that they didn't end up interviewing like Matt Campbell or Pat Fitzgerald or Wink Martindale, which I still don't understand. I think he must have slept with somebody's wife. I'm not I sure what's going on there. Yeah, Wink, but Wink, with Wink, the nine yeah. guys that they interviewed, uh, I looked at I looked at all nine, and when I came away from it, my criteria is always which – candidates do I have more questions and answers about? And if I have more questions and answers, then that's not the guy for the job. And when I came to the end of this, the three guys that I thought had more, uh, who had less questions and answers were Brandon Staley, the defensive coordinator of the Rams, Matt Eberflus, the defensive coordinator of the Colts, and Robert Sala. So my thought was hire one of the three. I think, as you said, Kev, he wasn't really mentioned a lot in conjunction with the Jets, largely because I think everybody assumed he was going to Detroit because he's from there and everybody – hell, the, the state government – in the uh, excuse me, the city government in Detroit drafted a resolution to petition the Lions to hire the guy as head coach. So everybody just assumed that he was going there. We didn't hear anything about him being a potential favor with the Jets, but I think he came in. He and Joe Douglas just really clicked, and it made sense for both sides. And – Look, a lot of what I like about Salah is, like any first-time head coach, you can't know for sure, right? So of the nine guys they interviewed, eight of them were coordinators with no experience. The only one with experience as a head coach is Marvin Lewis. But with Salah and Eberflus and Staley, I felt like in a lot of ways they were co-head coaches. And I don't mean head coach of the defense because I hate that term. You hear that a lot. Oh, such and such. Greg Williams is head coach of the defense. I mean, mm -hmm. Salah would sit in with Shanahan and they would game plan together. They would strategize against each other. They would play, you know, mental chess and say, okay, you're going to do this. I would do this. Oh, wait, if you do that, then what I'm doing isn't going to work. And, and there really was just such a collaborative process there. And then you, you talk about the defense he ran. You talk about the player relationships, the coach relationships. He's a lot like Pete Carroll in his demeanor, and that makes a lot of sense because if you recall, he came up under Pete Carroll and Gus Brady, uh, excuse me, um, uh, Gus Bradley in, uh, in Seattle and then went with Gus Bradley to Jacksonville. So I think this is a guy that, that runs on positive reinforcement rather than negative reinforcement. He's not going to get in your face and scream at you like Tom Coughlin or somebody like that. He's the type of guy that will take you aside and go, look, I know what you were trying to do. I see what you were trying to do, but that didn't work. Let's put our heads together and try and make you a better player and try to make this more successful. And he runs it that way, which I think is a very effective way to run things. If you look at all kinds of management studies, they show that positive reinforcement gets the best results. So when you look at all those things, he's also really built for it. He's got a big personality. So New York shouldn't be much of a problem for him. I think he's a guy where all the signs are positive. Now, again, nothing guaranteed, 
because as I said, anytime you got a first time head coach, there's always going to be that doubt. But I think he's as good of a prospect for a first time head coach as you could have gotten this cycle. So, I mean, if you're a Jets fan right now, I wouldn't go crazy and say it's a home run because the only way it's a home run is if it's somebody that you know has done the job. But this is a very promising development, and I think we should all at the moment be very optimistic about it. Exactly. Great points. Um, look, just just to kind of get back to it, the, the pedigree is there. The history is there. Um, to, to be excited, especially coming into this this season with so many guys that are available, and, and, and to Scott's point, none of them really proven. Um, I think what it is that we ended up doing is pulling out the guy who has maybe the highest ceiling based on what it is that we kind of don't know. I mean, people were wanting to have uh, an established coach like a Marvin Lewis or, you know, throwing 10 million a year at the, at the uh, Bill Cower or something like that. But um, I, I'm, I'm really excited about this. Jim, uh, what, what do you think, Jim? Where you at? So I, I think Scott hit the nail on the head really early on in his explanation, because I think uh, when you, because I'm a stats guy. You guys know this. I'm a stats guy. So I jump in and I look at the numbers and I look at, you know, how do the positives outweigh the negatives? And Scott, you're you're exactly right. If you if you look at a candidate and you see that um, I think about it in terms of like the scientific method. Right. So you'll have a theory and then you try to disprove that theory. OK, so with a coaching candidate. OK, Salah is our coaching candidate. What could go wrong? What? could possibly happen that he's not prepared for. And if you come up with less questions than you have, you know, if you're able to answer those questions in a, in a positive way, then you you're as reasonably set as you can, as you can ask for, you know what I mean? Um, so I think Salah checks all those boxes. I think that he has, I've been talking to actually. I have a friend named Hector. He's he's a buddy of mine. I'm a video game player, so he's been a buddy of mine since you know five years ago, six. No, God, seven years ago. God, I'm old. Uh, we were playing Advanced Warfare, Call of Duty together, and he's a huge 49ers fan. And he sent me a message, and he said, "Now, originally, I'm thinking, oh, San Francisco fans are going to lose their minds, right?" My buddy Hector messages me, and he goes. Jimmy, you guys got a winner. He's like, I I have never been so happy to see him get a head coaching job, and he's going to be the guy to turn your franchise around. When you have the interior, like the guys that are in-depth with their team saying stuff like that, and when you have everybody happy, who was it? I think it was uh, Samini or Schefter that was saying, uh, with so many people on both sides of this deal being so happy about the deal, that says a lot about Robert Sala. And that couldn't be more accurate. And I just think that we have a guy that is going to bring the hype without the bluster, like Green Bean said in one of his recent videos. Uh, Salah brings the hype and the energy without the bluster that, you know, Rex Ryan had the hype. He had the, he had the voice and he was loud, but he brought bluster with it. And that's kind of where it fell off. And uh, I just think that, I, I, I think we're in a good position. I think we're in a good position. So I, I'd like to get CJ's thoughts on it. Well, I'll give you my thoughts on uh, on exactly uh, how, how I feel about it. Robert Sala is a guy who I liked. Um, 
I thought that, you know, with the with the Jets letting him leave because he still had a couple of other interviews that he had to go to. I know the Jets nation was losing their minds. A lot of people were questioning the process because they were bringing in different people. One of the first people that they brought in was uh, Eric Bieniemy, you know, and then after that, they they spoke to Brian Dable. They spoke to, um, you know, Robert Sala. They spoke to Arthur Miller. They, they spoke to, uh, shit, who else? Mar- uh, uh, Marvin Lewis. Um, they, they spoke to nine people overall, okay? So Joe Douglas did his homework. And you notice out of those nine people, only two got brought back for second interviews. Robert Sala and Arthur Smith. Now, Robert Sala, after he finished his second interview and he had gone out, he had said that he wasn't going to make a decision until he had completed all of his interviews. And he made that very public. And then Arthur Miller came. Okay, so uh, Arthur Miller, it, it really just looked, um, uh, not, not Arthur Miller, Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith, it looked like that after he interviewed with the Falcons and then went to the Jets, it just because of how short it went, I just feel like he, he kind of punted on that second interview because I think that Arthur Smith really wanted that Falcons job in which he ultimately ended up getting. Okay. And I think Sala was huge in, in my opinion on Philly's board. So I think that there was possibility that if the Jets didn't lock him up, I think that Philly was ready to offer him the job outright. So there's, there's definitely a dynamic where Joe Douglas had a thought in his mind he had his guy. He had the one guy who he felt like out of everyone that he interviewed, that was going to be a perfect fit here. So for me, it all goes to right back to the, the article that I recently wrote for Worldwide Sports Radio Network called Trust in the Process. Beautiful and article. I tr- uh, thank you. I, I trust... Uh, I trust in the process, and that's really what Jet fans have to do. Like, uh, look, we've been lied to. We've been told so many different times, you know, we we brought in a genius. We brought in a guru. We brought in this. We brought in that. Okay? <laughs> we didn't bring nothing in here. We brought nothing but misery, heartache, and one train wreck after another, after another, after another. Okay? So this to me feels like a Joe Douglas hire. This to me feels like Joe Douglas had it set in his head. This was the guy he wanted. This was the type of coach that he wanted. And Robert Sala checked off all the boxes. And in my opinion, Jets got their guy. Now, him bringing in Michael Floor does also leave a lot of different doors open. And we're going to explain that in just a second. I want to get some of these comments on the air. First off, I want to thank everyone who is watching, including full show members, the sports hit list. Guys, we love you. Thank you for tuning in. All right, Louis Gons, shout out to him. Great hire. Uh, Shout out to Justin Mango. What's up, squad? Uh, He also let us know, keep it PG, underage viewers over here. Yeah, we don't curse no more over here. Super J. Super J. Um. Uh, which called good old Speedy Petey. Uh, pr- 
uh, producer for the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, for uh, the Arrow Mark sidekick. Uh, he's chiming in about Gus, uh, Gus Bradley. Um, uh, he had a couple of different comments over here when when uh, he thinks Gus Bradley is a very bad hire for the for the um, uh, which called for the Las Vegas Raiders. He went over there as their new OC, so that's going to be curious to see how that breaks down. Um, and then another one, he wasn't talking about Salah, talking about Gus Bradley to the Raiders. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm not really sure where that got got lost in translation, but okay. Um, shout out to Bill Robinson. Um, he's very hopeful that we got the right guy. And also made a comment about the um, the article, which was a good read. And thank you. I really appreciate that. Yes. So now that being said, a lot of people seem to seem to think that Sam Darnold now is a shoo-in to come back. A matter of fact, Adam Schefter, ESPN's insider, made it very public that he would be shocked if Sam Darnold was not the week one starter going into the 2021 season. Now, I still, however, have my doubts. So, gentlemen, really quick as we are starting to come up against it, Scott, I want to start with you, then Jimmy, then we'll go to Kevin, and then we are going to head to our first commercial break as I bring in a tease for our next segment. (laughs) I think with Sam Darnold... First of all, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, Schefter said something along the lines of he would be surprised. But I think nobody really knows right now. They just got hired, so it's impossible for anybody to know what the coaching staff is going to think. They haven't looked at the draft tape yet, and ultimately, if they let's play this through. Let's say they sit down and they decide they want to trade Sam Darnold. Does it benefit them to come out and say, we want to get rid of Darnold? Of course not. We want to have his trade value up. And on the other side of things, if they want to keep Sam Darnold, does it benefit them to tell people that they want to that they want to keep Darnold and they're committed to him? No, because you'd want to drive up the value of that number two pick. So anything you hear right now is pure conjecture. Nobody really knows anything. And we're going to unfortunately be forced to be subjected to this for the next couple of months until the draft comes about. And like I said, anything you hear from now until then, I would take with a grain of salt. I, All right, Jimmy, you're up. Agree. Well, I completely agree. And I, I think if you go back like to, and you have to, you have to watch this stuff on, on a yearly basis. And you have to be able to have that presence of mind to actually go back and look at some of the things that are said at the start of each offseason. Schefter gets so much great information so quickly that he buys himself the credibility to make these hot takes once or twice a year. Okay, So he said he expects that Sam Darnold is going to be the guy next year. He would be surprised if he's not. But think about this. We're not going to hear anything right now, number one, because Robert Sala hasn't signed the contract yet, so it's still, a, it's still an agreement in principle. So at most, I would think that the only conversation that we would have heard about this or that Joe Douglas and Robert Sala would have had by, at this point would be, uh, hey, the contract's almost done. We're going to get everything signed and ready to go. By the way, once that happens, we'll have some discussions on, on player personnel moving forward. Like, that's about the extent of what it's going to be at this particular moment. Um, But, you know, 
like for the off season with all the coaching changes and everything else, you, you you're going to have these analysts and you're going to have these reporters that are trying to get their hot takes in early because if they hit, you know, like I said, if Schefter, he gets so much in, inside information that if he misses on this, nobody's going to remember it. Okay. But if he hits, Oh, if he hits, he's going to be the first one that said it. So it's just one of those, yeah, like, it, it's just one of those that just, they just throw the line out there. They they try to catch that big fish. I'm not worried about this. I'll, I'll just, I'll wrap this up because I know we're, we're, we're coming up against it, but I'll just wrap this up by saying um, since then, he's already backtracked a little bit in, in regards to how certain um, anybody should actually be about this situation. Um, let's not forget that Sam uh, was actually the the 32nd ranked quarterback, uh, um, you know, coming coming into you know whatever the end of this this process is going to be, and uh, even if um, what it is that we're talking about is uh, Robert Salah having an opportunity, Mike Mike Lafleur having an opportunity to watch film and kind of see what it is that they're working with, what they're going to see on that film is the worst ranked quarterback uh, in the league. So um, just just to be realistic. Um, because I know we're going to discuss Deshaun Watson coming up here in just a few minutes. Uh, the possibility that Sam is here is not as much as what it is that I think everybody is hoping that it is. And I know Jets Twitter was, is probably not going to like the fact that that is the case. But uh, this is really too fluid of a situation for anybody to feel like they've locked down anything. Sam was the guy uh, coming in. Sam is no longer a lock to be anything. And at this point in time, I think anybody that says that they know um, is, is being disingenuous. We'll see how it shakes out. This is one of them times where, you know, I know it's difficult to ask for patience, but you need to have it. Yeah, absolutely. Especially given the, the type that now silly season is going to, is, is going to get on out there. So, and it's something that again, you know, as jet fans uh, going through the whole, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder and everything that we go through, everybody just gets to the point now where we are just sick and tired of just seeing, of seeing and hearing all of the garbage that we constantly hear on a regular basis because the Jets have been a laughing stock. And now we've finally taken our first steps toward respectability. Now the question is, is that what type of coaching staff are we going to look or are we going to look at? And then once we do, then Sam Donald's fate will probably be more, uh, more defined. So ladies and gentlemen, we are going to take a quick commercial break. And when we get back, Mr. Kevin Jackson's solo segment in the spotlight. We are going to be uh, talking about who we have exactly in the spotlight. Plus, also coming up, Mr. Jimmy Jardine's segment on a little game that we're going to play called Keep or Punt. And this time, we're going to be talking about opt-outs. So, don't touch that dial. Don't don't touch anything over there. We will be right back after these commercial words. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, Sports World Radio, Snowman Digital Media, and quite frankly, any place where you get your New York Jets news. Uh, it, it's great to have everybody back on. Uh, now, we are getting ready to uh, go into one of my favorite parts of the show and Mr. Kevin Jackson as we get ready 
again. Never, so, never, 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 ever have I, have we, I been so uh, so annoyed by this, <laughs> by this program. <laughs> oh, I tell you, that's, uh, somebody needs to get me a new uh, a, a new music program because this one yeah. I'm just, just just embrace I'm, it, man. I'm, I'm done. Right? Yeah, just I'm done. Yeah, just I'm embrace done it. Hold, hold it tight. Give it love. <laughs> All right. <laughs> embrace the suck, right? Right. Uh. Look, just just embrace like, the I, I, suck. We'll, All right, we'll, we'll, just, we'll, we'll just go ahead and we'll just move because uh, at some point in time it's going to kick in and, and we know how it works. <laughs> like half, halfway through the segment, we'll jump in. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, boys and girls, I mean, just, it, it, here we are in the white hot spotlight this week. <laughs> okay, I I I, I the spotlight with Kevin Jackson. <laughs> Jackson. <laughs> We got the spotlight tonight. I, I told you. I knew it was going to happen. Anyway, I so, almost think that, that CJ is doing it, this it, all it, 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 It's a setup. It's a setup. You just can't make this up. It's a setup. I'm telling you. All right. Um, be, be, because, everybody, because nobody can actually see anyway at, at this point. <laughs> all right. Uh, in the spotlight this week. None other, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I mean, if, 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 if I was to go anyplace else, I, I think there'd be some questions. Uh, Robert Salah, point blank period. Um, this is going to be a, a really simple um, in the spotlight because the fact of the matter is, I'm sure you've heard it. I'm sure we've all done the research. Uh, uh, began his coaching career uh, back in 2002, Michigan State University. Um, uh, went to Central Michigan University, University of Georgia, 2005. And in and, and, and that short span of period of time, impressed enough to actually get an opportunity uh, to intern with an NFL team and actually went with the Houston Texans in 2005. Uh, February 2006, he was uh, in uh, Gary Kubiak's staff as a defensive quality coach uh, under Richard Smith. Um, in January 2009, he was promoted to assistant linebackers coach. So, I mean, what we're talking about is a guy who has literally worked his tail off from day one um, moved quickly through the ranks. And I mean, you guys know, uh, it, 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 as much as we can say, it's a good old boy network, um, putting in the work, putting in the time, um, to actually earn some of these jobs and, and, and to be effective in those jobs. Right. I mean, that he, he definitely needs to have that. So, um, went from the Houston Texans, um, February, 2011, he was hired as a defensive equality control coach for the Seahawks under Pete Carroll, who, I mean, we, we referenced earlier with, uh, Gus Bradley. Um, but then, uh, Ended up, uh, excuse me, uh, spent three seasons with the Seahawks, including the championship season in 2013. Um, then, uh, you know, I, we, we see how it is that it is. February 2017, he was the defensive coordinator of San, Fris uh, San Francisco 49ers under Kyle Shanahan. Um, look, I, I'm, I'm going to wrap this up because I, I think it, it would be redundant of me to continue to, to, to rip off information that I'm sure every Jets fan worth their salt has, has done his time digging up. The fact of the matter is, is that we got a guy that we weren't necessarily expecting. And I, I've said this numerous times. We're not going to see the guy coming. When it comes to who our franchise quarterback is, we're not going to see that guy coming. When it comes to the, to who it is that our, our the, the head coach who transforms our, our situation, we're not necessarily going to see that guy coming. Um, and this is, to me, this is exactly the type of situation that I think I was detailing in, in, in my take in that regard. Um, this reminds me a little bit about, the uh, Todd Bowles and Dan Quinn situation back 
um, when they were coming in and, and how uh, the top two guys were actually looking at uh, the, the situations with the Jets and with the Atlanta Falcons. And uh, we saw how, how kind of that worked out. I think uh, Dan Quinn actually, you know, had a little bit of a better run in Atlanta than uh, Todd Bowles had here. I think the situation is opposite in this case. I actually think that we got the better candidate um, in this in this situation here. Um, Salah is is for all intents and purposes, he is a a, a much more mature Rex Ryan. And uh, as as somebody who loves and still has love in my heart for Rex Ryan, so keep it real. Um, I love Rex. I, I thought that Rex actually instilled something that we had not had here, and and and, and to me. That attitude that he brought, the, the the fire that he brought, let's go eat a snack, you know what I'm saying? All of that, I'm telling you right now, that to me, that would that it made me wear my Jets jersey with my chest pumped out, with my head held high. And I'm thinking right now that uh, that Salah is going to actually do that for us here. I'm really excited about this. Um, not to mention the fact that the, the, the difficulty I think that Rex Ryan had was that he wasn't able to put together a staff that rounded out everything that we need. We had difficulties, you know, on offense um, and couldn't get it right with the offensive coordinators. Why Geno Smith had three different offensive coordinators. It's why, you know, Mark Sanchez had some of the difficulties that he had, whatever. You know, let's, let's, let's not, you know, kind of go too deep into that because right now I think that we've got a guy who not only has the pedigree, who has the attitude. Um, look, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm I'm really excited about this, and I mean everybody that that follows the show that follows me in particular, you know that there, there's there's always a silver lining, there's always something that I can look at and I can say, you know, we could if, you know what I'm saying, or this could be, you know, whatever if. Um, I don't really have any ifs here. We've been dealing with the. It, it, I, I'll I'll just wrap this up quick. I've I've said this quite a few times. It we have an unfortunate side effect of hunger situation with the New York Jets, right? We have been acting out of character. Our fan base is going crazy. The team has been going crazy because we haven't been winning. We haven't done anything that is characteristic of a team that has put together a situation where we can look and say, this puts us in a better situation to win. We haven't had it. I like Joe Douglas. I've, I've picked that Joe Douglas a little bit. <clears throat> Excuse me. Because I think that Joe Douglas has had some rookie hiccups as a GM. It's to be expected. But I don't think he messed up in this situation. I think this was the situation where he's <clears throat> where he solidified himself as being the 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 GM that has put himself squarely in the catbird seat to watch this turnaround come about. And uh just just I think this move hiring this guy kind of sight unseen because he didn't have a relationship. This isn't a situation where he went and picked a buddy. And and, and Scott said something earlier about Wink Martindale, and y'all know if y'all watch this show. I said I thought Wink Martindale should probably be a front runner. I, I, I said it was what, two 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 weeks ago, I believe. And uh no Wink Martindale. We went with a guy that who 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 actually brings some of the same things that I thought Wink would do. But uh, you know, I, I, I haven't had the 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 follow-through, I haven't had the backup like all the information that has surfaced about Robert Salah um since he's been hired here. Um Robert Salah, he's he's in the spotlight this week, family. Because the fact of the matter is, is that for 10 years, and, and CJ knows we've been talking about this for how many years? Jim knows. I mean, if you see me in the Facebook forums, we've been talking about this for how many years? We have not had anything to be confident in. I'm confident right now, guys. 
for whatever it's worth. I'm confident right now. I think we have a situation where not only do we have a GM that's a football guy, <clears throat> we haven't had football guys. We have bean counters, and we have guys who you know who maybe has you know done some things in spots. But Joe Douglas has a pedigree that 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 far surpasses any of the other guys that we've had in. Um, Robert Salah, who is a new, exciting, up and coming coach. I know last uh, the last couple of seasons we've been talking about coaching to where football is going to go. Robert Salah is coaching to where football is at right now at the top. If that's what we're getting, I'm in. Robert Salah in the spotlight this week, guys. Have I missed anything? What do you guys think? All right, Jimmy, we'll start with you, and uh, we'll circle around to Scott, and then I will follow up the rear. Um, excuse me. Sorry, I, I, I don't think you missed anything, Jeff. I think uh, – it's kind of like a relationship, you know, like Colin Cowherd always loves to use relationship analogies when he's talking about sports and Cowherd is, is, is a guy I trust. He's a guy, he's a guy I trust. Like I, I, I think he has great takes on a lot of things, but here's, here's the thing. I think Joe Douglas and Robert Salah have, when you know, you know, like if you found the one, you know, you know what I mean? And I think Joe Douglas did the first interview with Salah. I think he did his other Aiden interviews. Um, he brought a couple people back for the second. I feel like uh, Arthur Smith may have wanted that Atlanta job more, and I felt that probably could have came through in the second interview. Um, but I, I feel like Joe Douglas and Robert Sala have they, – they if they click, they clicked. I, we don't know – what happened? We don't know what was going on behind the scenes, but that's the only explanation that I can give as far as who or, or you know, why this was chosen after only uh, two interviews. So I think um, there's not really much uh, that I can add beyond that. I, I'd love to hear from Scott about this. Scott, are you there? I think he's muted. <laughs> All right. Uh, we, we, we need just a second to get Scott on. Maybe, yeah, did I offend him? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just going to be honest with you. We're having some technical difficulties. I'm going to step in right now, and I'm just going to do a promo spot for liquor. <laughs> or, or beer or whatever your choice is. La ladies and gentlemen, we've spent the last couple All of right, seasons. All right, we just got we heard. difficulties. <laughs> All right, Scott's having a little bit of technical difficulties. He did say that he would rejoin the show, so we'll we'll just give him a moment. In the meantime, I'll take his turn in the rotation. And personally, okay. Kevin, you really did not miss anything. You you, you know, this hire for Jet fans, like I said just before the uh, just before the break, it checks all the boxes. All right, and really quick, I want to address some of these comments over here. Shout out to Ryan Underwood, who is completely blowing up the timeline timeline over here. Who will follow our new coach from his old team, staff, players? There may be some surprises. Um, in regards to a comment that was that was put out there from Louis Gons, Darnold needs an honest shot. We wasted it. We wasted this past year with him. Yeah, we did. Okay, but you want to know something else? And, and this is an argument that I've I've made on this show a couple of different times already in regards to Darnold. And look, I'm a big Sam Darnold fan. There is no one here on this panel that wants him to succeed more than me. I would love to see this kid succeed. 
But the problem is, is that after three years, I don't care if Mr. Magoo is coaching you. You need to be able to pick up something and not make mistakes. And the problem is, is that he's making the same rookie mistakes over and over and over and over again. There's only so much that we can blame on Todd Bowles. There's only so much that we can blame on Jeremy Bates. There's only so much that we can blame on Adam Gase. And there's only so much that we can blame on Daryl Loggins. Okay? Eventually, the kid's got to figure it out. And unfortunately, the kid did not figure it out. He can't stay healthy. He can't play a full season. And it's it's incredibly frustrating for Jet fans like myself for to put all of their hope into a guy that can't stay on the field. So, and now really quick, I just want to go through all of, uh, all of Ryan Underwood's comments here. Uh, we wasted uh, we wasted every single year. Sam never had an O-line or wide receivers. Yeah, of course. Okay, how could you honestly, honestly expect Sam to succeed with Gase? No O-line, no running back, no number one wide receiver. This has been the problem ever since the man has been here. The New York Jets have failed Sam Darnold from the moment that he's walked through the door. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Yeah. There's there's no no hands of time that I could turn back the clock that we could give all of that back to uh to to Sam Darnold as much as I would love to. I want to jump in on this. I want to jump in after Kevin. I want to jump in on this, CJ, because CJ, you're you're going down the path that I think. Most of us actually do, and I, and I just want to say this because I'm pretty. It's not that I'm saying that the kid is trash, though. No, no, the no, kid, because he's not, not trash. He's not. The problem because is, is that New York is not the place for him. He's and you're he. Kinda, you're you're you're, you're kind of you're, you're you're kind of taking the, the the path that I was going to take, and and I've said this maybe comically a few different times, but every time we have this conversation, my response is you know it kind of first and foremost is we're talking about the New York Jets. Right. We're talking about the New York Jets. The response is we're talking about the New York Jets. Yeah. The we, NFL laughing stock for the past 10 years. Yeah. We, 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 are, we are perennially the punching bag, the low-hanging fruit. If you want to if you want to have crack a joke about any bad team, it's been us. If you want to say that it's been a poorly run organization outside of the Knicks, it's been us. If you want to say that it's been, you know, a, a, a comical situation for our quarterback specifically, it's been us. I mean, really, if, if you want to go back to the last really decent quarterback that we've had, was, was like Ken O'Brien back in the 80s. So, I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that we've always been in this situation and and the, and the and we have not had leadership in place to, to handle it or to deal with it accordingly. Criminally, criminally neglected offensive line. Me and Robbie Jersey talked about that for years. And I'm telling you right now, that's my guy. I love him. He is definitely right. When you build, you build from the trenches outwards. You build from your offensive, defensive line, and you build out. Until you get that together, you're not going to be there, and we're not there. We still have we're, – we're at this point, we're still not there, which I think is maybe why when I say uncharacteristically all of these questions about, you know, drafting Penny Sewell at number two, I don't think that's a good idea. I think that's a very, very bad idea just because I don't – I think we've already got a left tackle, and people seem to underestimate how difficult it is to move from left to right tackle, especially on this level. I mean, as, as, as someone who's played football before, no – Thank you, Kevin. Thank you. <laughs> no. So uh, look, the, the, the fact is, is that what we are dealing with right now is maybe not having seen it done, but how do you build a perennially successful NFL organization? We saw Joe Douglas do some some bits and pieces of that last season because, I mean, <clears throat> notwithstanding the, 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 the Morgan pick, 
um at in the fourth round. And 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 just to be clear, just, right. just no, yeah, I, I, I gotta I, laugh about that. I, I, yeah, you I know what? Say, Listen, your yeah. boy, your boy, and my boy Jason Rhodes. He was in my DMs the moment that James Morgan got through, got drafted, Ooh. and said. Yo, we draft. We just we we just drafted our next franchise quarterback. This is the guy who's going to replace Sam Donald. I, I and I was that. like, W T F. Yeah, I saw that. J- James Jason, Morgan was Jason, Jason hates Sam Donald like I hate Ryan Fitzpatrick. James Morgan. <laughs> Morgan was a Patriot C block, right there. That's what it was. Belichick wanted Morgan. Joe Douglas says, "Not today, Satan." <laughs> Look, if, if, if Morgan, Morgan goes, right, but Joe Morgan is like Christian Hackenberg. James James Morgan is like Christian Hackenberg 2.0. This kid can't hit the broadside of a barn that they I didn't want to let him out of the bubble wrap. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I no. Hold, hold on, because because that because that that to me, it that that shows that we had. Adam Gase and Darrell Loggins being responsible for our quarterback situation. And I wouldn't trust them to take my trash out. <laughs> I'm just going to keep I, it real. I, 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 have, I, I feel like I've had trash all over my living room. No, I, I do have to, I do have to comment on, uh, I'm, I'm not saying that the Jets did right by Sam Darnold. Okay. But we need to be real about this fellas. Okay, Sam Darnold has been a turnover machine his entire career, not only in pro, but in college as well. Sam Darnold played 27 games at USC. He turned the ball over 37 times. 21 fumbles, only 14, I say only, only 14 lost. So it could have been a worse turnover rate. He is the same turnover machine in the NFL. He cannot go through his progressions efficiently. He cannot read defenses. He can't read stunts or spies effectively. He is not doing it. Now, part of that is coaching. They have not corrected those problems yet. But they are Sam Darnold's problems that he he should be able to understand how to progress through your wide receiver reads more efficiently. Hello, Geno Smith. (laughs) My point. Yeah. We we, we like we, we we like Sam, but Sam has some of this. He's a look, great I'm, kid, I'm, man. He's a great kid. He talks. He talks. He says the right things. He handles the media in a humble way. I get that. I like Sam Darnold, but we cannot keep hiding from the fact that he is not was not ready to make the jump to the NFL. Twenty seven college games in a very weak Pac twelve conference. He was not ready to do it at twenty years old. He is not the guy with a contract extension coming up. He is right. not the guy to leave million. the New York Jets. Twenty-five million for his third-year option or for his fifth-year option. Yeah. And if you decide to franchise tag the kid because of the Mahomes contract, he's oh, going to no. be thirty-five million plus on a oh, franchise no. tag. Oh no! He's oh, done no. nothing to oh, no. tell me. He's done nothing to show me that he deserves that. Period. You know this is this is an awesome segue into having a conversation. About Deshaun Watson, guys. I, I look. I I I know we're ready to, to kind of get to that. I don't. I don't. CJ. I hope. I hope I'm not stealing your thunder right now. But the the, the fact of the matter is, is no, that, no, 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 no. I'm about. No. I'm ready to read to 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 blast off on these comments right here. So just make look, your point, my, and then I'm going into. The- look, Deshaun Watson being the possibility that he is. Let's look at the numbers. 
Um, because if you, the, Jim, you just made a great point. Again, numbers never lie. When, when you're talking about because of uh, Pat Mahomes' contract, 35 million, you know, whatever for Sam Darnold. When I don't think uh, Deshaun Watson is owed more than 37, 38 million over the course of the next four years, and if we just pick up that contract, we're, we're basically getting a, a, a top five quarterback for less than guess what? what? No, uh, I, I, guess I what? Let's do that because because of the trade clause or not not a trade clause in the contract, but because yeah, of the way his contract is structured, yeah. Deshaun Watson would only cost us 15 million towards the cap this year. See? That's huge. Let's do That's it. huge. 42 million next year, but with the cap right. rebounding to 220 plus million dollars, that's like nothing. Look, we're, we're, I know just Twitter is a buzz right now because of the possibilities. And again, I don't want to be the jinx. I'm just going to keep it real. I don't want to be the jinx, but I want to speak this into existence right now because, you know, my faith tells me that if I speak, um, then, then what I ask for will actually come. Okay. Um, Deshaun Watson. A, f a top five quarterback in 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 the current league, not not a top five you know college quarterback prospect coming out who hasn't played a day on Sunday, a guy who has already showed that he can outperform the the talent around him, which is what we as the New York Jets have been asking our quarterbacks to do for years, and they just haven't been talented enough to do it. Deshaun Watson coming in right now, and 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 just let's keep keep this in in perspective because I I do believe it would cost maybe three first rounders, maybe possibly some some additional compensation beyond that. We just so happen to have two first round picks in this draft and the draft coming next season. We also, for what it is that it would take to bring him in, would be able to swing not only handling his contract. But giving him uh, or, or giving those additional picks and still not having it handicap us to the point where it's prohibited. I think Joe Douglas is smart enough to know, and because he's been stockpiling late round picks and then still has the, still has that chip in Sam Donald as of right now, which I think would command no no less than a second round pick plus another pick. Um, and, and you know who, who knows really how that works out depending upon the situation. Um, I think that what it is that we would give is 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 kind of a zero sum. We add Deshaun Watson, we trade Sam Donald, and we're no worse for the wear. I say if he has the opportunity to do it, do it in the morning. Period. Holler at me about that. If you look, Spotty at Spotty Blackman on at Spotty Blackman on Twitter. If y'all don't agree, holler at your boy. <laughs> I'm just saying. I completely agree. CJ, Let's what are the comments saying? All right, so uh, shout out to Louis Gons. First off, uh, uh, Cowherd is garbage. I definitely agree with that. Um, he also agrees with the, oh, with, with the little, yeah. Some, sometimes the little the, tirade that, yeah, that sometimes I went on. Bad. So, um, <laughs> Bill, uh, shout out to Bill Robinson. No way on Watson. Uh, Houston will a Houston will want too much. B if he gets away. Uh, with what he's doing there, he'll do it here. I don't know about that. Um, shout out to John or Johnny Suggs. Do you like the new hire? Yes, we do. Uh, very much. Um, thank you again for tuning into the show. Uh, Bill Robinson chiming back in. I'm not against moving Sam. The question is who will be our new quarterback? Look, that's going to be up to Robert Sala, you know, Michael Floor, and Joe Douglas because can I, can I everyone, everyone seems to think that holding that. Because we uh, because we signed Robert Sala, 
that he's a new head coach, that Sam's getting a pass for the past three years. And he's not. He's not. Okay? So what is now all of a sudden Michael Floor is going to come in. He's going to magically fix Sam Donald. And Sam Donald is going to be the franchise quarterback that we all hope. Look. All right, look, let's <laughs> let's review let's review this timeline, okay? Because like I just uh, I uh, I just left. And Billy, I love you to death. I I love the questions. Keep them coming. Please. Okay? This is not directed at you. This is directed at everyone out there. Okay? Who seems to think that it's a foregone conclusion that Sam Donald is going to be the head is is going to be the quarterback for the New York Jets. It's not a foregone conclusion. We don't know because Salah could come in, take a look at tape, and say, I want my own guy. Or they're going to come forward and they're going to say, we're going to we're going to keep Sam Donald and we're going to work with him. Sam's going to be our guy moving forward. Look. Whatever decision that they make, I will fully support. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it is not a foregone conclusion that Sam Donald is going to continue I, to be the quarterback I of the New York Jets. I can't see this right now. CJ, look, your, your, your reputation is not on the line here. I'm going to throw this out. Y'all need to let Sam go, man. <laughs> Sam, Sam's, not, Sam's not the answer. Wait a second. I got more, I got more comments here. All right. So I need to, I need to talk so about we CJ, got quick, like two seconds, two seconds. I need to, I need to talk Come about. Come on, man. I want to get these comments out. All right, you know what? Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Can't do it. <laughs> all right, so really quick. All right, Louis Gons. I'm scared that if we give up on Darnold, the Pats are going to pick him up and burn him with us. No, they are not. I don't care. Because the Jets are not going to trade Sam Darnold. Look, Sam Darnold is not a bag of trash that they're just going to leave on the side of the road for Bill Belichick to come up and to pick up. It's not going to work out that way, okay? I know everybody's afraid that that's exactly how it's going to work out. It's not going to work out that way, okay? If the Jets are going to trade Sam Darnold, it's going to be to the NFC. That's number one because they are not going to want to deal with him. That's number one. Number two, it, it all depends on, again, what Robert Sala wants, what Michael Floor wants, what Joe Douglas wants as to whether or not they want to move forward with Sam or they want to go with their own guy. Now, the Deshaun Watson situation, and the reason why I want to bring this up is because John Suggs, okay, uh, uh, Kevin, for you really quick, he said Fitzmagic threw for 31 touchdowns and 3,905 yards to lead the team to a 10-6 and six record in 2015. Yeah, yeah but know. he was absolute crap now, the on, year hold after. On, hold, on, hold, on, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I have to respond to this. Because I, I, I'm going to say this okay. just like it is that I said now. Fitz, Fitz put up numbers. I think Geno Smith would have put up them same numbers. And actually, when Fitz went down, he actually did put up the same numbers without having the benefit of actually being the starting quarterback for five weeks. So, you know, Fitz, Ryan Fitzpatrick, y'all could love Fitz because of what it is that he did. But Fitzpatrick is not a good quarterback, has never been a good quarterback. And just to be perfectly honest with you, if you got a guy who you hate in Geno Smith, who came off of the bench, who had been sitting and not having not having first string reps, not having any of that, and still put up two touchdowns and one interception in a game against the Raiders that he was unprepared for, you're not going to tell me that Ryan Fitzpatrick was the better option ever. I don't care. You did not like me. Y'all want to come at me, whatever. Again, my, my Twitter name is, is at the bottom of the little thing. You can see all of that. Holla at your boy. No. Ryan Fitzpatrick is and has always been a bum. We're getting and heated tonight. 
Look, no, just because you're not gonna <laughs> you're not gonna tell me that a a limited quarterback like Ryan Fitzpatrick was actually yeah. the best option for us. You're not gonna tell me that. I, I don't agree. care. I do not care. And I said it then, and I said it now. If Gino would have got the opportunity to come in after after look, y'all don't like him because he got his jaw broke. Whatever, y'all want to crack jokes. Whatever. That has nothing to do with what happens between the lines on the field. If you put Geno Smith in, Geno Smith has those numbers. If Geno Smith has those numbers, we're not having a conversation about why it is the next season that we're 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 going through all of the turmoil that we did with Ryan Fitzpatrick and having and having the contract negotiation the way that we did. I'm gonna tell you right now, Ryan Fitzpatrick is a bum. The New York, the only reason, the only reason, the only reason the Jets fans like Johnny Suggs, Johnny back in. <laughs> Darnold will get traded to the Lions as a backup for the seventh pick. Bank it. So and then also he wanted to throw a, uh, throw out some stats over there for for uh, Deshaun Watson's contract. All right, current contract for Deshaun Watson. He signed a four year, one hundred and fifty six million dollar contract with the Houston mm-hmm. Texans, including a twenty seven million dollar signing bonus. Bonus, right? Um, it, uh, all altogether, it's one hundred and ten thousand seven hundred and seventeen hundred one hundred and twenty three dollars in regards to his contract. Um, now. In 2026, Deshaun Watson would be a free agent. Watson's averaging about 30 million a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another thing, he, he uh, Johnny chimed in with Sam kind of does get a pass because he hasn't had the same offensive coaches since he's been in New York. No, he doesn't no. get a pass, dude. No, he does not, not get a pass. I don't care if Mr. Magoo is co- coaching you. You have to figure something out. Did Sanchez get a pass? Did Gino get a pass? None of those guys got a pass. I, re- Gino, I, I remember. Gino, Gino had three offensive coordinators in three years. Did I remember. He get, did he get a pass? I was, I, no, I remember what I was going to say uh, before CJ. We were talking. Uh, the, one of the comments said that Deshaun Watson is going to do the same stuff here that he did there. Uh, I would like to point out that Jalen Ramsey was one of the most outspoken and most irritable players at at Jacksonville, and for the Rams, he has been a fucking. I did it. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> He's been a saint. He has been a saint. <laughs> Look, as many times as, as many times as I wanted to curse, I feel you, Jim. Don't we're good. Sorry, but, I, but, but, but the fact the fact is, the fact is you make a great point. Because situation changes a lot. Correct. Correct. This situation, and 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 guys, I just gotta say this, man. I I I, I gotta throw this out because I, I think I think we're all gonna recognize it over the course of the next few months. This is not the same situation. This is not the same old Jets. This is not what it is that we've expected. Now, if, if if Salah comes in here and he has a meltdown and completely falls apart, then you know that that's something I guess that we'll have to get to. I'm just going to be honest with you. I said when Adam Gates got hired, his biggest problem was going to be if he can hold it together, and he couldn't. Mm-hmm. I, I said when Rex came in, oh my God, thank you so very much for bringing in Rex. But at the end, the team started dismantled just like they did. You know, prior to that, when they started to snatch all of the players away and we just, you know, we, we couldn't get it together in the front office. We've got probably one of the most respectable front offices in the league at this point in time. And I mean, I'm, t- I'm talking about behind the scenes, the guys that are in there behind Joe Douglas that, that are supporting him, that are that the scouting departments, all those things. We've actually got guys in there right now that are very well respected. They know what they're doing. And we're 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 about to get into a phase right now where if you're if you're if you had a moratorium on buying Jets merchandise, stop now. Buy jerseys now. Buy shirts now. 
I'm waiting for our draft pick. I'm telling you right now, because, because, because look, our, our draft picks. I'm telling you right now, if, if you say save up two, three hundred, because there's probably going to be a couple of jerseys that you're going to want to get. I'm telling you now. Look, this is the situation. This is the turning point. This is what it is that we've been waiting for. I've been a Jets fan since before some of y'all cats were born. I don't ever think I really feel as strongly about any situation as I do right now, other than, you know, other than parcels. I, I'll just say that when parcels came in, I was walking around like, like I had 40 pound brass balls because I knew, I knew, I knew what it is that he brought. I kind of, I kind of have that same, I kind of have that same feeling in my gut right now. I really feel like what it is that we're going to see. Look, buy defensive jerseys first. Buy Braden Man's jersey now. Buy Braden Man's jersey now. Because I think that kid's going to, I think that kid might end up being a Hall of Famer. Just the consistency. I'm telling you right now, I, 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 I have a really, I have a good feeling about that. But. The fact of the matter is that right now, what it is that we're about to see is something that we haven't been able to see. We're gonna we're getting ready to watch the building of a consecutively, consistently good football team. Let's get ready. All right. So really quick, <laughs> Lewis Gons. <laughs> Shout out to you, brother. Thank you so much again for tuning in. We need a segment of Spotty responding to the Fitzpatrick comments. <laughs> Uh, that, that's all whole right, show, so uh, that's whole <laughs> all right, so John Suggs uh, uh, chimes back in again. Josh Doxton opted out of the 2020 season, testing the New York Jets' depth at wide receiver. Is he coming back? Oh, we're going to talk year? about that. We're, we're going to talk about actually, that. Right, we're we're actually going to talk about that during the next segment on keeper punt. Um. Again, a couple of other ones. Mario Marshall, shout out to you for listening or uh, tuning into the show. Uh, they should draft Penny Sewell. Um, uh, I think I Please pretty much have covered you. everybody's. Are oh, you, Bill Robinson, shout out to him. I too, no matter no matter who the quarterback is, I'm a Jet fan till the day I die. Yep, I think I've covered just about all of the comments. Again, anybody who's tuning in, anybody who wants to comment. By all means, drop your comments at the at the uh, in the bottom in the chat box. We will definitely get them on the air. All right, guys, we're getting up against it. So let's rock and roll over here. Moving on to our next segment. When we come back, it's time for keeper punt with our wingman here, Jimmy the Reaper Jardine. As he, as he's got his opt outs, we cannot wait for this one. So, and I'm telling you. <laughs> Kevin's oh. getting ready. He's got his drink on. I'm over here. Weapons hot. Right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, Sports War Radio, Snowman Digital Media, and any place you get your fix. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back right after these commercial words. It, it is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network. Radio Network. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. To Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, Sports World Radio, Snowman Digital Media, and quite frankly, any place where you get your New York Jets news. So, Jimmy, time for keeper punt, brother. Let's go, big hit. Let's do it. Talk to me. What's going on? Okay, guys. So, we're going to talk about the defense tonight. And we got a few that I think will be some thought-provoking questions 
on players that you want to keep or players that you want to get rid of or you just might might feel don't have a place in our team moving forward now uh obviously Salah we're going to talk about some opt-outs uh I got a few of the defensive guys that are on the depth chart right now um what do you guys think about Nathan Shepard Ooh. um CJ let, let me let me jump this off I I, I know you uh oh, yeah, I, yeah we, we've talked about uh Nathan Shepard specifically um Look, Nathan Shepard, I think, is 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 an intriguing story. I'm not sure if he's actually been an intriguing player for us. Now, that 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 rookie season, you know, after you know the the, the whole storyline about him, you know, taking the time off of football and then coming back in and, and and breaking his balls to try to make it happen, to try to live his dream and all of that. And he came in and was it was basically unfortunately for him, it was a lackluster performance. Um, Nathan Shepard has had some games this season where he looked like he was a beast. Now, this is kind of where it is that I'm at with him. Because as a depth piece, I think you could do much worse than Nathan Shepard. Um, I think that our starting defensive line, and I'm, I'm sure we'll get into the pieces here, you know, if, if not in this segment going forward, but we'll definitely discuss it a little more. But I think as far as Nathan Shepard is concerned, if what we're talking about is, you know, maybe a rotational player, somebody that can come in and maybe get you two, possibly three sacks and, and, and most definitely some pressure, I think he's worth it. Um, do I think that with the changes that we're going to make defensively, he's actually going to be a guy that warrants – you know, us saying, oh, my God, no, we can't let him go. I'm not necessarily sure if he's the guy. Um, but I will say that I think that he's got talent. I think that he's actually shown that it's capable of him doing, um, you know, what it is that we need him to do. And, and maybe to be a stopgap if somebody gets hurt that, you know, again, somebody that knows the system. I think that Nathan Shepard could be that guy. But uh, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, if, if he goes, I'm not sure I'm going to be sad other than the fact that he was a draft pick. And, you know, I have I have this attachment to New York Jets draft picks. I don't care if they're good or not. I love them um, because we chose them. Um, but uh, keeper punt, I would say keep him. But I'm going to only say keep him because he's one of us. You know, he's blood. He's bled. He's sweated. He's cried with us. And uh, to be perfectly honest with you, he's had some games where – you know, he, he was noteworthy. And uh, I, I think especially with, with the upgrade that we're getting ready to see on defense, um, or, or hopefully, excuse me, we're going to see on defense, um, I think that the guy possibly has a lot of value here with us in the green and white. So um, I'll say keep Nathan Shepard. CJ, what do you think? I personally think that um, I would punt on Nathan Shepard. And I'll explain to you why. Because Nathan Shepard, for me, has not been consistent enough for, in my opinion, to warrant putting the Ross's spot in. Now, that being said, I know it kind of sounds like that, um, that it's like, you know, it's, I'm, I'm kind of just poo-pooing on this, but Shepard, to me, and his inconsistencies, I think that we could bring a couple of guys in and also make sure that we get um, John Franco Meyer some, some extra playing time. We can get Foley Fatukasi some extra playing time. We can get Jabari Zuniga finally injected into the, road, into the rotation. I think that Shepard has a spot right there where I think that we could let some other guys come up and – maybe showcase their talent. So for me, I'll, uh, I'll punt on him. 
that I it it's really hard. Like Kev, you you hit the nail on the head. Nathan Shepard has an amazing story, but I don't think his story has lived up. Yeah. If we're talking between the numbers, like you were saying earlier, man, I don't think his story's lived up to it. Um, it's a lot of the same situation with with Sam Darnold. It's not all his fault. He's been misused. I'm not saying he hasn't. Yeah. But at this point, we're talking about a, a real to the core rebuild. And I think it's the same situation as because I, I said last week, I said keep Braxton Berrios, but I think Braxton Berrios may get squeezed out. I think Nathan Shepard's kind of in that same boat. I would love to keep him, but I think he's going to get squeezed out. So ultimately, I just think rip the Band-Aid off. I'm a punt on Nathan Shepard. You know, just, just just to wrap up my comment on that, because, Jim, you, you, you kind of specifically said it the way that I think I feel about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say keep him, but the possibility is he won't actually make it. Yeah, that's and that's entirely possible. I think, I think Zuniga has a, a much better opportunity yeah. to, to shine on the D-line. And I, 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 know, I know CJ would love that. <laughs> of course he would. Of course he would. <laughs> Dude, right, I want. I, I really look, and it's not just me being being a Florida homer. Okay, mm-hmm. it's I want this kid to be unleashed. Like I watched this kid play, and and yo, Todd Grantham's defense was not that much different than Greg Williams' defense. And Jabari Zuniga was constantly being used in places where he had no business being. Let the man be a part of the defensive line. Let him stick his hand in the dirt. Let him pin his ears back and do what he does best. Go after the quarterback. Zuniga could be a pit bull for us. We talk about dogs. Zuniga could be a pit bull for us. You know, the difficulty that we have, the difficulty that we have with pass rush it really kind of upsets me the fact that they really didn't put him in the position to do like just to CJ's point to do what it is that we needed him to do. We need guys hair on the fire screaming towards the quarterback every down. We didn't have it. They, they gave Bryce Huff more of those opportunities than they gave Jabari Zuniga, an undrafted guy in Bryce Huff. They gave more opportunities than they gave our, what was he? Fourth round. round Mind you, Huff Huff showed up a little bit though. He did. I'm not taking that away from him. I'm not yeah. taking that away from him at all. I'm just saying they right. gave more of those opportunities to an undrafted player than they did to one of our fourth round draft picks. Uh, as far as our next guy, and this is gonna be this is gonna be another one. I think it's gonna be tough for all you guys, even you guys viewing. I, I'd love to hear your comments in the chat. Frankie Louvu. Let's talk. Ooh. Ooh. Look. So I'll, throw, I, I'll go first I, on yeah, this one. Yeah, please, please, please. I, I, yeah, think keep, I think you keep Frankie Louvu. You, you keep Frank, uh, Frankie Louvu, in my opinion. And I'll explain to you why. Because that, that kid played has done thing that this coach, that the best coaching staffs have asked him to do and then some. And he and he really has upped his play over the past couple of years. That's number two. Yeah. Number three, I think that whatever type of defense that Robert Salad decides to run, I think that seriously he could he could easily be a force. And you know what? You 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 keep him. That's that's just my opinion. Jax, what do you think? Look. This 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 is this is uh, from from a from a former player's perspective, and, and look, I'm not going to say I was a professional player because I didn't make it that far. 
Um, I, I had some aspirations, but I think I have much more respect for what it is that these guys do because I tried as hard as I did and I didn't make it. All right. Yep. Frankie Louvu is my guy. I really, I really like Frankie Louvu, man. I'm gonna tell you when when you when you when you watch him play, he flashes, man. And and I mean just just to kind of to to kind of go back to a little bit of what we were talking about, Nathan Shepard, as far as the story is concerned, this guy had had a had a really difficult injury that he overcame. And then we, when we brought him in, he almost died. Feel me? Like so? So yeah. maybe I'm maybe I'm understated in saying how how difficult this story actually is. But look, two sacks last season. A lot, a, a lot of being around the ball last season. A mm-hmm. lot of being around the ball last season. I, there's no way. There's no way. On Beyonce's internet, you'll ever hear me say that I think that we should get rid of Frankie Lou. I'm just gonna keep it. <laughs> I, I think I think Frankie I think Frankie Lou Frankie Lou is the guy that until un, until he plays himself completely out, that he should always be in the conversation. He should always be in the room. Frankie Lou is a must keep, in my opinion. If if you guys if, yeah if you guys disagree again hit hit us in the comments talk about it but um if I, I I'd really be hard pressed for anybody to give me a reason that we should not have Frankie Louvu uh, in green and white at all going forward. I completely agree. Frankie Louvu is a keep for me because he's part of that culture. I think we need to keep in the New York Jets, and I think like his his story of his that car accident that him and his wife both of them almost died, and. He like forget about almost dying. Like his sports career was done. They were telling him he was done. Yeah, like he was done, and he he grinded. That's what I want. Is he's a grinder, and I think you have to keep that on that D line. You know, wherever they may find a place for him. I know Salah likes that four three. I think that opens it up for Frankie Luvu. I don't think he gets squeezed out. Nah, and I think uh, I, I I can't see the Jets not keeping him. No. Um, so I'm definitely with you guys. I I think he's a keep. Now let's go to the biggest the biggest problem for the New York Jets. Let's go to our defensive secondary. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I've been I've been back and forth on this kid for the last two years. Bless Austin. Ah. Kev, where are you sitting on Bless Austin? You know what? As as a, as a cornerback, specifically as a defensive back, I, I played corner as well. Yeah, see, I, 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 played, I, I played corner. <laughs> I played safety. Um, look, I, I, I'll just say this: Bless Austin has the attitude that I think most big time corners should have. I don't know if Bless Austin has the talent that it would require to be that type of big time corner. Bless Austin has played and it has played solid for us. The problem is is that again we're talking about the New York Jets and we're talking about basically a talent depleted roster. Um so the fact that he's actually been one of our best corners I'll say this as a depth piece, I love it. As a number 1 or number 2 corner, I have questions. But he's a physical corner and I think that actually gets him into a lot of trouble. I think he's he has the attitude to be it. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see what our new defensive coaches are going to do with a guy that has that mindset. Because I think I, I think he's got it. I think he's got it. Like his heart, you're not going to question his heart. You're not going to question his desire. You're not going to question any of those things. 
what it is that you're going to question is his technique is, is excuse me is his technique and his ability to play within the framework of the defense and see how it is that that works out um as of right now we don't have many corners anyway so if i was to just say no i get rid of him i think i think that would be a bad idea but uh it's going to be interesting to see because i do believe that with salah coming in um, and, and I think, uh, Jim, if, if I remember, you touched upon this a little earlier in the show. There are going to be some guys that come from San Francisco to follow yeah. the head coach that I think, I think are, so. are going to make it a little interesting in, in our cornerback room. Um, I said last season, uh, Millette and, and, and with the, 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 a couple of the other guys that we have floating around, there was talent enough for them to, to be able to be functional. Um, I don't think functional is enough anymore. Um, San Francisco had a lot of injuries last season, and they were still top-ranked in defense. I don't think there's functional is enough. Um, if Bless Austin can come in and buy into the system and learn what it is that he needs to learn, and, and it's not so far outside of his his already, you know, it, it, what it is he's already doing, um, I think we're in good shape. This is a hard one for me because I, I, I want to say that we should keep him because I think he's good enough. I think if you add competition to that room – like Braxton Berrios, like we talked about earlier, like, uh, you know, some of the other guys that we talked about, they might just get squeezed out. You know, we'll see. Um, I, I like the kid. I, trust me, I do. I like the kid, especially coming off multiple injuries, coming out of Rutgers and the whole thing. Um, I, I, I said initially, um, and and just a, a shout out to, to Krista Levitas. I know you guys know who I'm talking about. Krista, Krista I, I trust Krista's eye probably a, a lot more than a lot of other folks that I talk about. She but is, the, she she's is good. good. She's good. Um, she's good. Krista and I talked about uh, Bless Austin before he was actually when when he was a draft pick when we actually when we actually you know brought him in, and uh, I think we both kind of agreed the kid has the talent. I think the change in coaching is actually going to change a lot. We might actually see a renaissance in, in his career, um, but as of right now, just based on what it is that we had, I don't know. He's borderline right now for me. I say keep him. But uh, if, if if the talent works out the way that I'm expecting that it will, either he's going to step up to the plate and he's going to ball out or he's going to get squeezed. That's it for me. CJ, what do you think? Yeah, I would uh, I would keep less. I mean, you know, he's he's still young. He's still raw. You still have the opportunity to work with him. Maybe under a different DB's coach, you know, he'd be, he'll be able to uh, to flourish. But this would probably be – his last shot, to be honest with you, to make the squad. I mean, I don't want to entirely write him too off, but at the same right, I'm not just going to sit here and go through feel-good stories and this, that, and the third, because as a Jets fan, I want wins. I want wins, I want production on the field, and I don't want any more excuses. I don't want the, oh, well, we should root for the underdog, and, and we continue to yeah. sit here and every year finish 5-11, and 6-10, and 10, Look up at the Buffalo Bills. Look up at the New England Patriots. Now start to look up at the Miami Dolphins. No, I'm done with that, okay? I want us to grab this division by the throat and choke slam it and say, the Jets are back, all right? That's what I want. That's what I want. And, and I am not going to be happy until that happens. I love you, CJ. <laughs> Hi. I love you, CJ. I completely agree. That's what I'm talking about, man. Dude, I, I want – I, I keep saying over and over again, guys, and, and I know you – everyone – anyone who's been a long-time listener of Weapons Hot, when this show was the Jets Factor podcast, when this show was, when this show was CNC Football Factory, one of the things I've always said, 
I want MetLife Stadium to be a place of fear for the rest of the NFL. Mm. Why? Because mm. when you come to play the New York Jets, it's going to be 60 minutes of how much you can take of us beating the absolute crap out of you. That's what I want. That's what I want for this New York Jets team. Yeah. That's the energy that I want. That's the passion that I want. And I will settle for nothing less. Yeah. Because when people come to MetLife, instead of it being a quote-unquote home game for the visiting team, I want it to actually be a home game for our New York Jets. I want the players of the opposing teams, no matter who they are, to start crapping their pants the moment that they the bus rolls into the park to the parking lot into the facility. Yeah, That's what I want. Because for the past decade plus, we have had to put up with other teams circling the New York Jets on their schedule as a W. Yeah. And then yeah. fans who spend their hard-earned money going to the stadium having to watch other teams fans basically come and take over that stadium. Because our fans don't give a damn enough about the product that's on the field to want to spend their hard-earned money to come out and to watch this team. And that I lay at the foot of Woody Johnson and Christopher Johnson. Thank you. Because when you put a crappy product on the field, guess what? Nobody's going to want to come and see it. Nobody's going to spend their hard-earned money to come and see it. They'll go to a bar. They'll stay at home. And they won't have to deal with the traffic. They won't have to deal with the idiocy that goes on between drunk fans and whatever. They don't have to deal with the cursing and the yelling and the screaming. Okay. Right. And you know what? That's what that's that's for for me as a Jet fan. You know, and I've uh, I've uh, I've only been to to MetLife once, so I went to the old Meadowlands Stadium a couple of times when when, when I've gone to a couple of uh, of home games. But you know, it's just it, it for the for the fans that are going now, for the fans that are spending their hard earned money. We want a product that we can believe in. We want a product that we can be proud of. And for me. That's where Robert Sala now has to go, grab this team, mold it in him, his image, same thing with Joe Douglas, and then you know what? Now it's time to get a competent football team together, a competitive football team together, and then let's go choke slam the rest of the AFC East. Please. So the Buffaloes of the world and the Josh Allens, when they come and they think it's going to be an easy W, that they get smacked around. That the Bill Belichick's in New England, when they bring their squad to town, that they think it's going to be an easy W, that day gets smacked around. And, of course, uh, we can't forget about the Miami Dolphins when they come to town and they come to play into MetLife. Oh, yeah, they get smacked around too. Squish the fish. Look, I, and, and I just got to say this, man, because I know squish the fish is, 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 is how it is that we should feel. I'm probably more afraid of what Miami's putting together right now than I'm of any other team uh, in this division as of right now. Um, I, w- I would imagine right. within the next couple of years, unless unless uh, Bill Belichick pulls something out of his his uh, his his hiney um, with the quarterback this next season, they're they're going to struggle. Um, I think that we're going to if if some of the things that we want to come about this offseason come about, I think we're not as far away from Buffalo as what it is that Buffalo would like for us to right. be. Okay, so look, 
uh, we, we we talked about this season, and, and CJ, you'll remember this. We talked about this at the beginning of the season, how this how this year the, the AFC East was going to be a toss-up, and then Buffalo ran away with it. And then, like I said, you got to be careful because Miami had guys, and Miami actually showed up this season. And we fe- completely fell off the map and kept the Cam Newton experiment in, 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 in New England. That completely failed. I'm not ready to write off Bill Belichick just yet because I kind of have a feeling that one of these quarterbacks that we're talking about being available and, and being, you know, maybe even in, in, in play for at two uh, is probably going to end up being around when, when New England picks. So if, if, if Zach, if Zach goes there, we need to be, we need to be leery about that. If Justin, if Justin Fields makes it there, we need to be wary about that. Um, if Mac Jones makes it to New England, I think we've got some questions that we're going to need to answer defensively. And, uh, you know, I, I don't want to write Bill Belichick off, but I'll just say this. We have a lot of questions that we need to answer defensively. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, but, but this is the thing. I, I think, I think Salah, depending upon how he rounds out his staff, I think those questions are, are, are maybe not going to be completely, you know, kind of shut down. But I think we'll actually look like maybe they're not as big a deal as uh, what it is that maybe other folks might think that they are. And and, and just to be clear, um, that uh, that other un- unfortunate side of, of hunger kind of thing that I, I always reference, I just had a couple of wings, man. I'm mm-hmm. not hungry now right now. So I'm telling you right now. <laughs> We're, we're looking. We're, we're looking pretty good right now, guys. Whether, yeah. whether I mean, whether whether we want to embrace it or not, I think we're looking a lot better than most folks maybe think that they are. And and, and drafting Penny Sewell at number two. No. Uh, we need to have that. No. We need to have that be my segment for next week, CJ, because uh, I I have plenty of things to say about drafting Penny Sewell at, at two. But no. Regardless, what. CJ, you made a great point. Is I want wins. Period. So I am I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna kind of go a little bit and uh I'm gonna say because I still want to get into the into the opt-outs. Um we were talking about bless Austin. I'm gonna punt. I'm actually gonna punt because he he's shown really great things and then he falls off, and then he shows really great things, and then he falls off. I don't like the inconsistency. I don't like him as a depth. I want a stout defense. Maybe he can be fixed. More than likely he can be fixed. But I'm done with the stories. I'm done with trying to to see if a player can be fixed. I'm done with trying all of that. Get me players that are going to be 100% week in, week out, period. End of story. I'm punting on Bless Austin. Now, for the opt-outs... Let me let me go first on this one, guys, because I'm going to kind of do the opt-outs as one, all right? So we only had three. We okay. had Josh Dawson. We had C.J. Mosley. Uh, Leo, let me let me see if I can read this. Kola Matangi? Yeah, Kola Matangi. Okay. I, let, me, let me preface this because this is where I'll probably get just a tad bit controversial. Now, I understand why every single one of our players opted out. I understand the family concerns. I understand the new child concerns. I understand the elderly family concerns on opting out, okay? Um, But what, what this also brings in is the fact that there were 60 plus players 
that chose to grind it out and chose to push their brand and to better their draft stock or their, you know, their, their team stock. Um, when you have a player like Josh Doxson, who's been in the league for five years, bunch of different teams. And he's like, now, as far as I'm aware, Josh Doxson doesn't have kids, doesn't have, you know, any of these. And he's like, I'm scared of COVID. Okay. You, you, you have every right to opt out. I, I totally support your decision, but that doesn't mean I'm going to reserve a spot on my roster for you when there are other people right. that are going to step in and grind and work their asses off to make that happen for them. Okay. So we'll, we'll talk about the opt outs. Um, CJ Mosley is kind of a lock, right? He's like one of the best middle linebackers in the NFL. If he's still the same guy. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. Now we've got to talk about how he's going to respond. There was a lot of talk about C.J. Mosley kind of being brushed aside, but now when we have Robert Sala, you got to think that C.J. Mosley is super stoked about that, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Like, that's got to be a consideration. So I'm going to keep on C.J. Mosley. I need to keep him in this, in this uniform. I need to keep him in this organization, and I want to see what he does. Because in five quarters that he played in 2019, he was better than our entire defense all of 2019 and 2020. Good. Look, five quarters. Yeah, C.J. CJ Mosley, for all intents and purposes, is the reason why we paid him. And C.J. Has, has said this eloquently so many times about the Jets tax. We paid him the premium because he literally is the best player at his position in the game yes if he, if he comes in and is even remotely close to being that level come on man best middle linebacker in the nfl in my opinion and i Period. think we gotta keep on that the best so the best in the top dude if that that thing should be the best groin on the planet at this point right better be strong better be sure try, try chinese splits Hundred percent. So, Scott, what are your thoughts, Jay Mosley? I think Scott's out, man. Mister Mason, I think Scott's out, bro. Um, we'll wrap for we'll wrap for Scott at the end of the show. Um, we really appreciate him coming in. Obviously, you know things happen, unfortunately, but uh, um, we're going to go ahead and we're going to wrap the segment. But uh, Jim, did did you have another player specific that you wanted to talk about? Because I think Uh, CJ Mosley is a great way way to kind of wrap. I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of lump in and fair or not fair as it may be, Josh Doxson and Leo. I'm not gonna try to pronounce your last name again. Um, Cantamatology. I, I I get your I get your family concerns. Um, but I'm I'm gonna punt I'm gonna punt on both of those guys. Josh Doxson's been in this league five years. He doesn't have kids. He doesn't have all of the concerns that Mosley had that Leo had. No, um, Doxon, if you're going to try to resurrect your career, you got to be on the field to do it, and no. you can't be opting out and and just saying, "Oh, I'm scared." I I, I don't I, buy that. So I think I think I'm, it has I, I think it has a lot to do with the fact that um, we actually had some of the difficulties with personnel this season that we mm-hmm. had, and maybe some of these guys knowing that it wasn't going to be a season. Uh, to be positive about, and and I'll just say this: um, a little bit of that is 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 difficult for me because even C.J. Mosley, who is the best player um, at his position in the league, 
it, it just seemed like he mailed it in. He was like, yo, we're not going to be good anyway, so let me just go ahead and kick my feet up. Um, uh, to, to Jim's point, like he said, he, he better have the best. Gr- Look, I'm, 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 I'm looking at this as if he comes in and he's not in shape or if he comes in and he's mentally not ready and not prepared, we need to be trying. We need to try to find a trade partner because that's not how this is going to work. That's not how this is. That's not what we should be expecting going forward. And I don't care if you're a big name. I don't care. Do you want to be here? Do you want to be in this situation in green and white with this team, with this coaching staff, with this front office, and 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 forever for whatever it's worth with Woody and Monkey as Chris Johnson in 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 the, in, the, in the front office? If you don't want to be here, that's fine. Go ahead I think and be the issue. I think the issue comes from the fact that I I think C.J. Mosley was a little premature. All of our guys on the opt outs were a little premature on the opt out. I agree. Because at the time, even even throughout the entire season, we've had less than a 1% positive rate throughout the entire NFL. Yeah. Okay, the virus being whatever your position on the virus is, I don't I don't care, okay? So I'm I'm sorry, not sorry. The fact of the matter is the numbers state we have had less than a 1% positivity rate and none of them have gotten sick. 0% have gotten sick from positive test results. So I think it was a little premature. I think if you're on the process of trying to build your career like a second-year player in Leo, or if you're trying to resurrect your career like a fifth-year player in Doxon, you need to be on that field and do it. CJ Mosley has earned a little bit of little bit of leeway because of his abilities and because of his production. That's why I'm only I'm a keep on him, punt on the other two. I think that wraps. Yeah, um, I completely agree. Um, yeah, I'll keep CJ Mosley. I'll punt on the other two. Scott Mason, can you hear us? I think Scott's gone, bro. Um, I, I don't know if Scott's going to come back on, but but if if we're just because one, let I, me just I, I see him. I see his icon. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't see it. I um, see. Let me let me let me just throw this see, out because see him. Because, I see his icon. Yeah, Scott. Scott is my guy, man, and and I appreciate Scott taking the time to be with us as much as he actually could be. Um, once again, play like a jet. Um, if you don't already, and I'm, 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 I would be hard pressed to try to, to understand why it is that you wouldn't. But play like a jet at play like a jet one on Twitter. Follow Scott. Follow that that pod. Um, they do a lot of extremely intelligent football stuff. And I mean, it, it's not all current events, even though the, you know they they are pretty current. What it is that they do. If you have a nostalgia, if you've been a Jets fan forty years plus, like like CJ and I, if you've been a fan twenty some odd years plus, like like uh, my man Jimmy, um, if you if you've been a fan. Uh, of the Jets for any period of time, and you're interested in Jets history, your history in, in Jets current events, um, and you're just interested in, in really some some smart uh, Jets conversation, play like a Jet one or at play like a Jet one on Twitter. You got to follow him. Scott does a great job, great podcast, great guests. Um, some of some of the the coaching uh, pods like they were just recently doing a great opportunity to kind of learn about those guys. And again, it just does give some more information about how really good that those guys are. So um, play like a jet one, Scott Mason. We thank you so very much for, for joining us to, uh, when you actually had the chance. We definitely thank you very much. We appreciate you here on weapons hot um, oh, guys um, right now. I'm ready to go have a drink. I'm ready to go smoke a cigar. I'm, I'm ready to go and, 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 and chop it up with my guys about what it is that we're going to look like over the course of the next couple of weeks. I'm not looking forward to have some of the arguments that I'm having about Sam Donald right now, because again, I'm a guy that feels like, look, I wanted Sam. I thought Sam was going to be good. Sam hasn't been as good as what it is that we've needed him to be, even though 
we, the organization, I'll say this again, the organization has been piss poor. We've been horrible. The Jets as an organization has been bad. Deshaun Watson, who it is that we touched upon already, has been dealing with a bad situation, has still put up higher, better numbers, and has still been top five ranked quarterback. That kind of tells you a little bit about what it is that we need to know. If the Jets want to go ahead and spend the dough, I'm not mad at that. Spend the dough. We've got it. Um, not but, that much money. Nah, nah look, in, in comparison to what it is, look, if you're talking about just a couple of more uh, more million a year, then you're actually paying Kirk Cousins, who's a bum. Yeah. Yeah. I'll let you boy. So, what do you All right, guys. All right, guys, that's going to do it for tonight's episode of Weapons Hot on New York Jets fans broadcast here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, Sports World Radio, Snowman Digital Media, and quite frankly, any place where you get your New York Jets mix. Don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at CNC Jets Factor. You can follow me at JetsFan0523, my partner in crime on the other side of the glass, Mr. Kevin Jackson, at Spotty Blackman. Also, don't forget to follow Mr. Mr. Jimmy Jardine at Jets by Jimmy. Shoot the show an email, weaponsoppodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to go to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network page. Hit that page. Like that page. Our content is up there. Also, don't forget to go to the Weapons Hot Facebook page. Hit that page up as well. Like our content. Our message is out there. Our content is up there. Message us. We will message you right back. We love going back and forth with fans about this team. About this team. Also, leave us some feedback. Let us know how we're doing here on Weapons Hot. We love hearing from you guys. We love interacting from you guys. Shout out to, to uh, Rockaway Archie, who was hey, listening Archie. to the show, was not able to comment tonight. Archie. Shout out to Louis Gons, to John Suggs, yes, to, uh, to every single one, Florencio Rodriguez, Koiber, yes, uh, Bill Robinson, everybody who took to it, Justin Menga. Everybody who dropped a comment in, who was watching the show tonight, who interacted with us, thank you guys. We love you guys so much, and this show would not be possible without all your love and support. Yo, I want to go on out there. Make sure that you download me out. If if I can throw one shout out just real quick, my man Tony Bafoka with his wife. All right, Tony Bafoka, his wife. Tony, my guy. Tony's wife hooked me up with this shirt, guys. I'm telling you, my man, if you know who Tony is, Tony, Tony is a is a diehard Jets fan. He's been with us for, for multiple years now. So I know he bleeds green just like the rest my of us. Guy. I, I want to give him a, I want to give him props because this shirt is fire. And his wife hooked me up with this shirt, man. So uh Tony, thank you to your wife. Thank you very much. I appreciate y'all again. This is what Jets family is all about, right here. Appreciate y'all. Thank y'all. Love y'all. All right, all right. So download the app. <laughs> yeah, don't forget to download the app on uh, for for the uh, the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You'll be able to catch our show along with the other shows, uh, all on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Shout out to the Hit List guys for uh, for joining us tonight. That they, they were on the uh, the chat for a little while. So and and oh man, it's I tell you, if everybody, everybody. if the show did not buffer. If the, we did not have the technical difficulties that we had, man, it, it, the show would have still been uh, – it would have been much better than it was. But you know what? We appreciate everybody who's still tuned in, who watched it, who's given us a shot. We will be here every Sunday night at 7 p.m. So for Mr. Kevin Jackson, Mr. Jimmy Jardine, this is CJ the Painkiller, D. Simone, signing off for tonight. 
We will see you guys when we see you guys. And I'll leave you guys with a little something different as we go out the door. One, two, three. And the Ladies and gentlemen, we will catch you again next week. Uh, we will have some more guests on as we continue to monitor what's going on with the green and white. Again, peace, love, go Jets. Talk to you guys next week. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network.